Really not. So here it is. I'm exposed for everybody to see. The past little bit, uh, before I even said I was going to come up here and speak, I've been in this valley, in this rut. And I know I put myself there. We all do. We all tend to put ourselves there. So I was seeking God one night and I said, God, why am I, why am I a failure? Why do I constantly do these things that I know the consequences of, but I still do them? I still seek them out. I still know they're bad for me. I still know they're not what you want for me. They're not the best. See, there's, there's a few choices in life. You've got a bad choice, a good choice, and you have God's choice. So as I was seeking him one night, he, he, he gave me two things. He gave me a revelation, and then he tends to like to do this. He likes to turn my question around back on me. So he gave me a question. The revelation was, it's not my job to condemn myself. There's already an enemy trying to do that. It's not my job. And it's also not my job to try. See, Jesus came, and He did, and He won. We, have no, we, have, we don't have to try anything. It's already there. As Crystal and Ashley prayed with me this morning, it was amazing. You have to do that room, I'm telling you. Because that was me laying myself down, but I went in there, and they were speaking and said, you just have to walk in it, what He's done. You just have to accept what He's done. I'm, I'm a performance-based person. If I don't do enough, I feel like God doesn't love me. I've been raised that way. I've been taught that way. For 28 years, that's what I've been taught. And now, God is trying to reverse what's been going on the past 28 years. That's just not the case. God's not performance-based. Matt, you want to throw up Romans 7.15? But still, Paul talks about this. Even Paul. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Time and time again, Paul talks about this. About not doing what he wants to do and doing what he doesn't want to do. Even with the full knowledge. What I like to refer to myself as is a pig who's been washed, but yet runs right back to the mud after you've been washed. You know that mud is just going to make you dirty, but you do it anyway. Why? Why do we think that? Why do I always think that I can do it on my own? <laughs> I'd like to say that that's how I was raised. I'd like to say, well, that's just who I am. That's just what the world does. See, we're not called to be like the world. We're called to be different from the world. We can be in the world, but not of the world. So why do we think that? What compels us to do it on our own? I don't know. Maybe pride? Maybe control? I don't know. Now you want to throw 1 Corinthians 3.18? Don't fool yourself, he says. That's a rough one. 
If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. Do not fool yourselves. How many of us try to fool ourselves into thinking, I've got this under control. I know the best way. I'm me. You can't tell me how to be me. I know what to do. Or just to fool ourselves so we don't have to deal with certain things. I do that a lot. I tend to cover things up, sweep it under the rug. Hey, if you, can't, if you don't talk about it, it's not a real issue, is it? Anybody else believe that? I'm always reminded I can't do it on my own. I need to switch my thinking. That's what the Word says about transforming your mind. You're taking away the old and putting in the new. See, Paul before Jesus, only cared about himself. Only cared about his knowledge. Only cared about his life, what he wanted to do. Not the lives of others. See, when Jesus comes into our life, it's not about you anymore. You're last on the list. Holy Spirit convicts us. When Paul surrendered to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his focus shifted, just like ours has to. It went from me, me, me to him, him, him. That's what it's about. It's not about what we do as Christians. It's not about, well, did I read enough? Or did I pray enough? Or did I go give my time helping the homeless? That's, that's all good. It's all really good. And you should. Because I might be homeless one day and I might need some of your help. <laughs> But see, those things are great, but Paul says he counts all of that as garbage compared to knowing Jesus. That's what it's about, knowing Him and His will for us. It's not the religiosity. Oh, we've got to come up here and we've got to sing some songs, or, or we've got to come up here and we've got we to do this a certain way. Or... There's so many characteristics of God. He's not the same. He's always different, always changing. See, in Revelations, it says the others were saying, holy, 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 all the time. 24-7, they were saying that. They were seeing different aspects of God. And if they can say that 24-7, why can't we? We get low, and we get down. I don't know, maybe disease. Maybe somebody's lost a child. Maybe... I don't know. Whatever's going on in your life. Maybe I have to get something done at home. If you're more worried about that than knowing Jesus, that's where you get into the, like I was, falling into the ruts. Falling into the pit. Because when you're there, it's hard to get out. Especially when you try and claw your way out. I tend to do that. I tend to claw my way out thinking, if I could just reach Jesus... Everything would be good. If I could just get out of where I'm living, everything would be good. No, God wants it to be Him where you're at now. You want to put Galatians 2.20 up there? My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body 
by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now, I'm not one to change Scripture, but if He could say who loves me, He didn't just love you, He still does. He's present. See, it's not about us anymore. We were bought at a high price. Once we accept Christ, our focus shifts. Well, I need to get some more sleep, but, you know, my child wants to go play baseball. See, I didn't have that as a kid, and I wish I did. Like it did for Paul, if every fabric of our lives is not engulfed around Christ, we're going to fail. We're set up for failure. We're set up to be used of the enemy. And don't get me wrong, if you're a Christian, you can still be used by the enemy. I promise you, I've been used by the enemy probably for several of you here. And I'm sorry. I just don't understand why God would choose me, a man who's very selfish, to talk about dying to oneself. Humor, I guess. There's a million things that I struggle with every day. And I sit and I try to fool myself, saying everything is fine. Everything's good. Kirk talked about it months ago. If you're in a good place, watch out, boy, I'm telling you. That's where the devil can really come in and deceive you. If you are not desperate for God every second of the day, you're wasting time. <laughs> I try to push these things of mine onto others, onto my wife, who's just always been there for me. When I couldn't love myself, when I was ridden with alcohol and left her home every night and I didn't know what I was doing. But her and, and many men in this church, I could sit here and name all of you guys, but I won't do that. You know who you are. I was up here every Sunday on my knees begging, God, just take this away. Take it away. I'm tired of this. And they would come up and love on me and pray over me. And then that night, back at it again. See, I didn't change. I thought I wanted to change, but I didn't allow the Spirit to get a hold of me. I wasn't real with myself. I was fooling myself. Through the week, I was fooling myself. On Sundays, I was real. I was pretty real. I think I was real because there was people here that... I wanted to hide that from. We all have something we want to hide from one another. Well, the longer you hide it, the longer it takes to be healed from it. See, whatever we do in private, that's us. Whenever you're sitting at home, no one's around. No one to judge you for anything. What do you do? Oh, I'd like to raise my hand and say, you know what, I'm just so engulfed in the Spirit. Mm, boy, let me tell you what. I don't, I don't think about anything other than God when I'm alone. Okay? Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. See, if we're not trustworthy in our private, He's not going to trust us in the public. That's where I'm at right now. I, I want to be trustworthy. I want somebody to say, hey, you know what? If I got something I need to say, I can go tell Trevor. You know he ain't going to blabber it out. 
If you want God's blessings and favor on your life, this is what you have to do. You have to get real. And not just real, but real low, like David does. He's a prime example. He'll get up here flat out on the ground, worshiping. That's what I love to see. I wish I could do that. I'm not saying I can't. I guess it's just pride. We have to die. We say we need to move from God when sometimes we're the ones that need to move. You can sit back here all day and say, God, just move. Just move me, God. God is not going to pick you up and carry you over there, I promise you. You have to obey. You have to do what God says. But God, if I could just be happy, if I could just be happy, I'd give you my 10%. That's right. But let me ask you this. What if God is more concerned with our holiness rather than our happiness? See, we think God's here to rah, rah, cheer us on. Hey, you're, you're doing good. But yeah, you're leaving your wife at home and going drinking. That's not good. God is here to transform us. <laughs> so we have to step out. If we want God's blessings, we have to bow down to what He's saying for us to do. Like Matt said last week, we've got this mindset of dirty rags and sinners. Like Crystal and Matt talk about this all the time. And it's just now getting into my head. We're not just dirty rags and sinners. We're made white, white as snow. We're clean, we're holy, we're righteous, and we're redeemed. We have to get out of this poverty mindset. See, when Jesus healed the man that couldn't walk, He told him to pick up his mat and walk. Why? Because if He left his mat there, there would always be an excuse for Him to go back to what He was. Just in case God didn't come through. Just a plan B, if you might say. A plan B. Well, God didn't come through this time, so I might as well go back to what I was doing. I'm comfortable there. I know how to handle that. Hmm. See, God, He gave His all. Now think about this. This was, a, this was something that He revealed to me. <laughs> this might be hard for some people to swallow, but I have to say it. We make excuses to give God our all. He gave His all when Jesus was on the cross. Now think about this. A God who is infinite, He never ends, gave His all. So how do you give all of something that never ends? How do you, how do you compare to that? You don't. You accept it. God gave His all. And yet when we're here worshiping, we can't even sit for two more songs after service. Come on now. Come on, people. We need to wake up. God gave His all for you. And you leave when that service is ended. Why? Well, I've got dinner at home. Well, might be a little overdone when you get back. Who cares? Well, my kids have sports. Well, maybe you should rearrange the sports around God because He rearranged everything around for you. Why do you hold back? Why do you make these excuses? 
I make excuses too. But it's time we stop making excuses and make moves. If you want this revival we keep talking about, it's time to bring it. It's time to allow God to do what He does. If you get butt hurt, you get butt hurt about it. Hey, it's not my job to make sure that you're not offended with your little feelings. It's my job to bring you the truth and what God says. Because somebody here needs the truth where somebody else is scared to say it, and it might save your life. You might walk out of here today and say, you know what? Boy, I don't like Trevor, but what he said was true. Well, it's not me. It's definitely the Lord. And he's trying to get your attention if you're convicted. So maybe you want to start looking his way before he stops looking your way. Let's go to 611, Matt. I better wrap this up before me and Kirk are the only ones here next week. So, you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive through Christ Jesus. We're not called only to be alive in God. We're called to be alive to God. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm in the Spirit. Everything's good. Yeah, faith without works is dead. <laughs> I want to hold on to this world, but I want God's blessings on my life. It doesn't work like that. We must consider ourselves dead if we're ever to carry out the will of God. <laughs> Something that I still struggle with that I'm not dead to, lust is one. How I talk about others when they're not there. Who does that? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm sure that's all of us. So God gave me that revelation. And God gave me a question that night. See, if we're ever to be married to Christ, there's got to be a divorce with ourselves. We can't be married to us in the world if we want to be married to Christ. You've got to pick one. There's no fence. There's no more fence. You've got to be on one side or the other. There's no lukewarmness. How many of us can say that we get lukewarm? How many of us say that I don't have the finances I portray? Yep. Or, you know what, I'm in debt up to my ears. But man, if I just keep this image, people will like me. People will talk to me. People will accept me. How many of us fall short and fail. I do daily. How many, how many of us identify with that? How many of us, that's our identity, is our failures? I identify too much with myself rather than who made me. That's where we stumble. That's where we fall. If you're not willing to say, hey, I'm a, I am messed up, you have to start out a sinner. That's the way we all start out. 
You have to. You have to realize that. But you don't stay there. See, we're going to fail and we're going to mess up. See, before the foundations of the world, God already factored in our stupidity before we were called. That brings so much comfort to me. He's already factored in all my mess-ups and all my heartache and all the times that I left you at home by yourself. All the times that I've lied. All the times that I've tried to portray who I am when really it's quite the opposite. So I don't know where you're at in your life. But I'll tell you this. It's time to get real. It's time to say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm affecting others. See, we all want to be alone. But we're, no, we're not islands. God didn't make us islands. God made us to have relationship with one another. And if we're not willing to do that as a community and come together as a community and be real with one another, the Holy Spirit will not go anywhere. So that night that I was seeking and I was praying and I was just mad at myself and disgusted with myself <laughs> expecting the wrath of God expecting him to say you know what I am done with you I don't love you anymore I'm taking back your salvation he that's not what I got <laughs> and he did convict me and I'm sure nobody likes that but just remember the Lord disciplines his children that he loves so if you're being convicted, if you're being disciplined by the Lord, that's good. That's where you want to be. You want your Father to love you. You want your Father to correct you. But He's not just going to whip you and then send you to your room. He's going he's to tell you why. I mean, most of us know already. We just don't want to admit it. Is there something in your life today that you're holding back from doing? If there is, you might want to go ahead and do it. Especially if He told you to. See, God wants the best for us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to live abundantly. Now, how do we do that? We obey Him. We die to ourselves. So the question that God turned around and asked me that night shook me to my core and it was just four simple words but did you die did I die to my unrighteous anger because I get that mixed up a lot there's righteous anger and unrighteous anger did I die to my lust did I die to my offenses what people have done to me am I willing to forgive them see forgiveness isn't for them it's for you for you to be able to walk in that. For you to be able to receive from the Lord. Because if you're holding on to something, you can't let go of that and receive what God has for you. 
that I die to how I talk about people when they aren't around. That's a tough one. Hey, I know you ain't got nothing bad to say about anybody, Brother Dave. You, I love you. But most importantly, did I die to myself? Do I put myself last on the list? Now, I understand that you have to love yourself before you can love others. But this is meaning something deeper. This is meaning I placed all of what I want with all of what He wants. That's what it means. That's how you prosper. That's how you live abundantly. Is you put aside yours and you take on His. See, He'll give you the desires of your heart once you're in line with Him. So He asked me, but did you die? Did I die? Huh. I'd like to say I did. I'd like to say that I died to all of this what I have. But there is still one question that remains. But did you die? Have you died? I want you to think about that when we leave here. Have you died to yourself? Have you died to, well, I have to make an image for myself so people will like me. You know what? I'm a holy roller on Sundays, but I'm out at the bars on Mondays. Jesus is good. Go Jesus on Sundays. But my life's in shambles during the week. I don't know many of you who are here that are like that, but I, I tend to be like that. I tend to be the one who, hey, everything's good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. People ask me, how are you doing? Everything's good. Everything's good. No problems. But what they don't know is you're about to sign divorce papers. Did you die? Remember that question when you leave here. Did you die? Father, I want to thank You and I want to praise You for today. Father, You extract all of these things out of us and replace them with Your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray against religiosity. I pray against perfectionism. I pray against performance. And Father, I pray for prosperity. And I'm not talking about a prosperity preacher like, oh, you're going to get a million dollars. No, Lord. I'm praying for Your joy to enter these people in the midst of chaos. Father, because that's real prosper. If people want to know the real Scriptures, Father, You, you asked us to get rid of everything to follow You. So I'm not praying for material prosperity, Father. I'm praying for spiritual prosperity. And Lord, I just ask You to continue to play this in our minds this week and every day. But have I died? When people look at me, do they see You, Father? That's what it's about. It's not about me, Holy Spirit. So I just thank You and I praise You for everything that You've done and everything that You're doing, Father. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. If You would, stand with us as we end.